0: Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. To worship God and to pray and to also fellowship. We're in a series at the moment that is entitled Don't Forget. And there are some things that I think are absolutely essential in the Christian faith and around the community of believers. And we're going to be talking into those over the next few weeks and of course this is a culmination of that that we get to extend worship and pray and and as I say just open God's word and just have some time uh, together just let me encourage you just before we go to the ministry and it's not another message before we get to a message but just with regards to prayer and fasting it can be a difficult season that you're walking just to encourage you for the next 21 days this you know what we have to understand and I think we're all relatively mature Christians here that the enemy, Satan, hates the thought of a church gathering together in unity. Josh has already said it, where people dwell together in unity. God's blessing is commanded. And environments like this, I, I, we sense God's presence, but there can also be a resistance in terms of, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a push that come back, comes to the, the corporate collective, but also personally, you might find that it feels a little tough at times. We're only the second day in. But for those who are committed to praying over the next 21 days and fasting, whatever that looks like for you, I just want to encourage you to keep going because yeah. I, I just I do honestly sense, I'm not trying to just hype it up, there's going to be breakthroughs that are going to be happen as we just commit to these 21 days. And, uh, you know, family members... You know, just having in your mind that somebody's life depends on this. You know, loved ones, your, your prayers and your pressing and depends on it. And we're in a battle, we're in a fight, and we're going to keep, keep contending. So keep contending personally for those uh, uh, personal things. And also, uh, collectively, there's um, helps, information that we've given you. Josh has prayed into some of those things. There's some key events that are happening, uh, you know, over all locations. We've got a launch of the Belpa campus. We've got, you know, Mansfield and, you know, some uh, shifts that we're going to be making there. And, uh, you know, as we look at trying to reach people with different events and there's Alpha that's running here. Can I just say as well, we need to saturate Arena Ministry School in prayer that launches this, this month and Phil's spearheading that with, with uh, and some of you have already signed up to that. And we're just believing that there's gonna be good things, but we need to keep praying. And I might just encourage you. I know we've, just keep praying. Keep And if it feels a bit tough, just get to somebody else in your small group or just pick up the phone or grab one of us and just say, it's been a bit tough and we'll just agree together that we're gonna see it through. Is, is that that good because yeah. that's what we need to do because it is not always easy, you know. If we think it's just going to be a stroll in the park, I'm not even on about the food, I'm just on about a season that we enter in because we're in a bit of a, a battle. Well, I hope you've got your Bibles ready because I do want to just share some uh, thoughts and, and, and preach a, a message to you. There's, there's a collection of thoughts that's going to run through it, and uh, at the beginning of February. Um, we'll we'll have one of the the best services that we have, which is called Highlight Sunday, where Jordan and the team produce a great video that just highlights... Some of the things that have taken place over 2018, and we we look forward to that, and it's always a great time of celebration because we want to make much of Jesus, don't we? Uh, There's about five of you do, so I'm going to say that again. We want to make much of Jesus, don't we? So it's not we're bragging off; we're just saying there's lives been touched, there's you know people have been baptized, there's people who have been reached in Jesus' name, and that's exciting for us as a church. But also on that Sunday, what we what we also do is we tend to run to a word. Now, for those who've been around the church for a while, you know we've done this. This isn't replacing our vision. This isn't replacing to go grow and love and serve our world. This isn't to, oh, we've had enough of no God, find freedom, discover your purpose and make a difference. No, those things, you know, overarch this word. But we just sense in God there's a word that we need to just hold on to collectively as a group of people together now before I get there if I can just say to you I think it's important that you carry a word you know, some of you need to take notes here. You may never have done this before, but you need to just carry a word in your heart for this year, which then helps you to focus your study. It helps you in your reading. It helps you in your praying. It helps you in your development. So, you know, uh, they'll probably kill, kill me for, for saying this because they come to mind straight away. Isaac's is kind words. It isn't, there's two words, it isn't that he's unkind, but he wants to make sure that his, his words are sharp and kind and sweet as honey. And, and it's going to run through his praying, and it's going to, so you can now check him out wherever he is. If he isn't speaking kind words, you can say, Isaac, what about these kind words? And you can say, how are you doing with your mom? Are you speaking kind words? This just gives you an example. She'll kill me for saying this, I'm going to do it. But Caroline's is leadership. A sense of just wanting to just develop her leadership. And so I bought her a book, a John Maxwell book. It's about that thick, honestly. And just uh, said, there you go for Christmas. and, And just working that through. Mine is rest. Not kicking back, and we're going to just look at that. Phil said, "I think we need to uh, help people to understand what that means. It's not that I'm going to get a hammock, and y- you can all have Sundays off every f- next 52 Sundays. You're, you're all Great dream teams. You're all finished. You're all saying no, 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 no. None of that. Uh, we're not going to sit back on a hammock with a piña colada in our hand or a nice glass of coke and just enjoy it. No, no, no. It's working from that position of rest." I actually felt the Lord even give me a Bible verse that's very well known. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You know, take my yoke upon, upon me, and you know, you know the verse from Matthew 11, 28, 29, and 30. So I'd encourage you to get a word. But for us, we're going to get a word, and our word is multiply. I'm not about to talk into that. You may say, well, why are you saying this? Because there's a leading to this that I've just been grappling with the Lord. And we're going to open that up over the next two Sundays in February, uh, both in Ilkeston and Mansfield. I'm going to do that live. And we're going to talk around the whole thought of what we just sensed before the Lord. God is wanting for us to multiply. And what that looks like. What does that mean for us? What does that mean for us as a company of people? But before we get to multiply in February, I want to just talk to us about a connecting word and uh, it runs through the early part of Genesis because you can't take the word multiply without looking at the word fruitful. So what I'd like to take your attention for a moment is just a couple of very quick verses and then we'll drive into it if that's okay. Because It says in Genesis 1, verse 22, and God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply. Everybody, just say together or nudge your neighbor and say, Be fruitful and multiply. Just do it. I know some of you don't like doing it, but be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. This is God speaking. This is God speaking the earth into being, and he speaks to the earth, and he says, I want you to be fruitful, and I want you to multiply. And we I could take you to a selection of verses in, in, in Genesis, the, the early chapters. Genesis 9, verse 7 is another one. And God says, As for you, be fruitful and increase in number. Multiply on the earth and increase. Upon it Now there 's a direct connection between fruitfulness and multiplication. I understand that, but what I sense the Lord was saying to me, before you can get to multiply, you need to help the people to understand what it means to be fruitful, and what does that look like? So that 's what we 're going to look at tonight. If you 've got a pad, pad a pen and a pad, if you 've got a phone, if you 've got an electronic device, just write the word "fruitful." Because I really believe that this is the heart of God. And so, in some ways, there's going to be some uh, verses I'm going to share, some concepts. But also, I want to help us to practically help us to get fruitful in our lives. If you're trying to define that, well, this word fruitful, in its primitive root, it actually means to bear fruit. Uh, literally or figurative, figuratively, it means to bring forth or to make to to make fruitful to grow to increase this is the heart of god god was declaring i want you 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 to be fruitful i want you to bear fruit i want you to literally literally and figuratively be fruitful when i think of fruitfulness and i was sharing this these thoughts with the staff. And I've said to them, guys, you're just going to have to go with me and lean in like you've never heard it before. okay? But um, I was just saying saying to them, when I think of the thought of fruitful, I think of a fruit bowl. I think of a healthy fruit that's in our fruit bowl. Now I'm the guy who'll still eat the the banana that's black on the outside. Anybody anybody here who'll, who'll do that? Oh, there's a few of you. Anybody would definitely not do that? Raise your hand. Okay. Well, you know, I, I get that. But actually our kids go, oh, dad. But when you just peel it inside, it's all right. You just take some of the black out, and you eat the rest. It doesn't bother me at all. But that is not a healthy picture of fruitfulness. When I use, think of the word fruitful in terms of a piece of fruit, I'm looking at something that's healthy, that's green, that's fresh. And this is what God is wanting to say to you tonight. Before we can walk into multiplication, we need to make sure that our lives are fruitful, that they are healthy, that they are green, that they are fresh. I was at the gym this morning because I really am trying to just you know get on control of my weight and that isn't why I'm in a 21 days a fast because by the way if you do that that is just called a diet not a fast okay hello uh, it's called praying and fasting but i was at the gym and i was saying on our gym we uh, on the cardio stuff there's like a remote air conditioning units and because my glasses keep slipping and i need to go to specsavers to sort them out and i still haven't been but uh, i wear this band that goes around my head that just keeps them on but the Fortunate thing is it's like a pair of goggles and obviously when you start to sweat as I do you start your glasses start to steam up which isn't a pleasant sight when you're walking through the gym and your glasses are all steamed up but anyway I'm on the machine and thankfully there's an air conditioning unit that you're able to press and literally it remotely s- sends air conditioning through so it was on stage one I needed it to be staged through but as soon as I pressed it It's like a breath of fresh air. This is what I'm thinking about, fruitfulness. And before we can, as a church, enter into multiplication, because you're right, God has many cities. God has many towns. God has many villages for us to take hold of. Your passion may be mansfield, and I love that. And that's where God's called you. And your passion may be Augustine and God's called you. But I want to say God is going to begin to birth other areas around this locality that God's going to begin to speak to you about. Because it's true and we can't get away from it. We can run all we want, but we'll be like Jonah. It'll still pull us back to it because there's many places that he wants to plant arena. It's not because we're special. It's not because we're good. It's not because we're clever. It's just the mandate that God's placed on this church. So you just have to flow with it. And before we can get to multiplication, we need to make sure that our hearts and our minds and our bodies and our spirits are fruitful. They are healthy. Are you all with me tonight? There's a fruitfulness around our lives. And as soon as I think of the word fruitful, I can't help but go to Psalm chapter 1. So I wonder if you'd just turn with me for a moment. And then we're going to read these verses. And then we're just going to, you know, just dissect it a little bit if that's okay. Okay. Because Psalm 1, it says this, Blessed is the man or blessed is the woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor do they stand in the path of sinners, nor do they sit in the seat of the scornful or the scoffer. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on the law they meditate day and night. They'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever they do shall prosper. Can I hear a big amen? That that is the promise of God. There is a picture of fruitfulness particularly in verse three there's almost like if you will do this then I will do this for you if you will do this I will do this for you and what he will do for us he will cause our lives to be like that 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 tree that's planted by a stream of living water that brings forth fruit in season whose leaf does not wither and whatever they do shall prosper who would like that kind of life Now it's not there because we can never reach it. It's there because it's possible. And this is the fruitful life that God, I believe, is wanting to walk us in. And for us to understand. For us to understand it. So, some practical things that I want to just dissect from these two verses. uh, From these three verses, two points. And then I want to take us to something of just, not a concept, but just... Something that I've been mulling over. Is that okay? So a little bit of my meditations over the last three or four months that hopefully will be helpful to us. If we want to be fruitful, the psalmist says, the first thing we need to do is we need to be careful. We need to be careful where you walk, who you walk with, and where and who you socialize with. I'll say that again. That if we want to live a fruitful, blessed life, then we need to be careful where we walk, who we walk with, and where and who we socialize with. Verse one. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. These are verses that I, when I was youth pastoring, I, I spent a lot of time around these verses. I was trying to help people, help young people to make sure that they were getting good connections, right relationships. And I, you know, you could be tempted to think this is just for youth, but actually, now I've graduated into adult ministry, I've realized it's still the same, still the same issue. A lot of the issues that we have is who are we walking with, who are we listening to, who's influencing our lives? Can I can I hear anybody here who would read? Because yeah. the fact is, you know, for young people, I used to say to them, "Listen, be very careful who you're walking with." As we was youth pastoring, and they used to say, "No, no, we've got it. Jesus is in our hearts, and we've got it." I used to say, "I don't think you get strong enough to be able to deal with this relationship." No, 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 we've got it, and sure enough, they hadn't got it; they weren't strong enough. My advice was actually to them was to cut off relationships. You may say, Christian, how can we influence the world? Yeah, but there's some relationships you've got to cut off. You've simply got to cut off. It may be for a period of time because they're not helpful. And I've seen this happen with people where they've actually done that. They've cut off some relationships for a period of time to strengthen their inner man, their inner being, to just know Jesus better, to just be around a solid foundation. And then they've been able to go into those relationships again and influence them in Jesus' name. And we see here in Psalms, so I'm not saying cut off all friends if you're new to faith. We, we want to reach people. They're, they're not the enemy. Don't, I'm not trying to say the enemy. But sometimes they're not overly helpful. And why do us use those phrases? Because it talks about sit, stand, walk. Uses those three, three phrases, sit, stand, walk. That's where I got the socializing from because when it talks about sitting, that's the, the idea of around a table. You're socializing. Let me ask you, who are you socializing with? Who's influencing your life? This is why small groups is so cool. Because we've got some of you leaders here. You are so cool, you small group leaders. And you are so well-loved on this group. And you will so be a blessing. And we're not trying to create exclusive clubs. We're just trying to create groups that's going to help people to live out their life in this very, very broken world. But some people are intent, oh no, no, I can't get to a small group. But yet yeah, they can end up wherever they are with the mates on a Friday night. You know, I'm being extremely, you know, shoving 10 pints down the, down the throat and thinking that's all right. And I'm, no, no, I'm just connecting. Come on, guys. Yeah. I'm not speaking, I know I'm speaking to the converted here, but you know, we need to make sure that we're connecting with the right people. If we want to be fruitful, we must not walk in those areas. The Bible says this very, very clearly in Proverbs and, and, um, 13. It'll come on the screen. Proverbs 13 and verse 20. That he who walks with the wise becomes wise. <laughs> but a companion of fools suffers harm. So I used, to, I used to say to our young guys, listen, if you want to be wise, walk with wise people. Right. Be around wise people. Be around cool people. If you want to be cool, get in the cool gang. If, if, if you want to know what it is to know Jesus, be around some Jesus lovers. Hello? Yes. If you want to know what it is to go deeper in God and what was encouraged to really worship, be around some worshipers. Yes. We're going to come to it about the gathering, why the gathering is so important. And it's true, it is, because that tells me where we're going to gather. Some people spend more time with their football team or the squash team or the billiards team than they do coming to church. I'm just saying... And I think we need to be people who, if we want to be fruitful, we we, 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 we careful who we walk with. Proverbs 12, verse 13. Let me just give you this and we'll move on. Because, of course, in those contexts, communication happens. And it's a verse that's really always spoken to me. Proverbs 12, verse 13. In the message, says this, the gossip of bad people gets them in trouble. It's always fascinating when people say, I just need to say something to you, but I'm I'm not gossiping. (laughs) Now, that has happened at times. And of course, we were talking about this. It's a heart motivation. Because if you're wanting to say something out of a pure heart, not wanting to gratify the flesh, it's information. There's times when Phil will say, look, I need to let you know something that's happened. Or I'll let him know. We're not gossiping. We're just talking. But I also know and anybody else going to be bold enough, when I want to enter into a bit of juicy morsel, oh, thanks Mel, okay, um, you just want to enter in and you just, yeah. Tim, have you heard? Anybody else been like that? And you just then enjoy the conversation, particularly if it's about somebody you don't like. Don't all look like that at me. Don't all look spiritual now as though, you know, it's never me. You're looking all... mm, Let me tell you, we've all been there. But the Bible says the gossip of bad people will get you in trouble. It will get you in trouble. And every time I've been in trouble, it's because I've entered into gossip. But the conversation of good people keeps them out of trouble. My father-in-law's here, anything for me to keep me out of trouble has got to be a good thing, eh, John? Because I can cause trouble wherever I go. He said that to me before. I can cause, cause trouble wherever I go. So anything that will keep me out of trouble has got to be a good thing. And the conversation of good people will keep you out of trouble. I may say this is a bit basic. Yeah, do you want to live a fruitful life? Do you want to live a fruitful life? This is what the Bible says. Be careful where you walk, who you walk with, who you socialize with. The second thing that it says very clearly in verse 2, and I love this, is it then goes on to say, be careful what you meditate on. Be careful what you are thinking on. What it's basically addressing is your thought life. Now, my school reports... We have a few school teachers here. There's one at the back. I would have been your worst nightmare, Louise. Okay. (laughs) Not because I was a naughty lad. Because I don't think I was. And if my mum and dad were here, they'd say, what I was, I was just bored very easily. I was very distracted. And then I became the distracted, became the distraction. Which then creates chaos for the teacher. I just became easily, because what happens is my, and I'm still, it's more redeemed, but I have to be very, very careful about my mind. Can I be honest with you? My mind can run in a thousand different directions, and not always pure, and not always holy, and not always right. I don't know about you, where you're like that. Again, I can tell you've really got it sorted. I need some help from you. But that's where I'm at. But what I'm telling you is, what I don't do is I don't dwell on those thoughts. Because I'm careful what I meditate on. You see, the the, the thought is not the sin. The dwelling on it, it becomes the sin. Some of you needed to hear that. Some of you have had a thought, you're new to faith, you've had this thought, and you thought, I've sinned. No, you haven't. Thoughts pop into all of our heads. It's the meditation of that thought. It's that working that through. You're now enacting it. Hello? Hello? Even if you haven't done it, because what did Jesus say? Even if you look at another man's wife, you have sinned. So it's not even about the action. It's about the thought. So we need to be careful what we meditate on. If we want to enjoy fruitfulness and prosperity and blessing and, and and, and our lives being a constant breath of fresh air, So, how do we do that? You may say, well, that's great. Well, verse 2 it says, Your delight is in the law of the Lord. And on the law, you meditate day and night. And of course, that's talking about God's word. God's word is our delight, God's word becomes our meditation. And we meditate on it day and night. Thank God for you, you version, but getting a verse from you version and just thinking on it for a minute isn't gonna cut it. Isn't gonna cut it. Because there needs to be a meditation of God's word day and night, allowing God's word to dwell in us richly. It says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. This is what it's talking about. And we need to be people that meditate on God's word. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says this. We demolish arguments and every pretension that set themselves up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I actually think it's impossible to do this if we're not in the word. You've heard me talk about this before and we're going to have a great message on Sunday about don't forget the word, the Bible. But listen, it's impossible for us to take captive of every negative thought if we're not in the word. If you are not in the word and I'm not with a big stick, please just keep smile at me. Just, just laugh. Just yeah, do something nice that just lightens the mood a little bit. I've not come in with a big stick. I'm just trying to if we want to be fruitful. We need to make sure we're walking in the right places and we need to make sure that we're meditating on the right things because as we said, you and I are the same. We easily can get distracted and I can have a thousand images that pop in my head within a a thousand seconds. I can be driving, I can be looking. There's all kinds of things that happen to all of us and how are we going to combat that? Taking captive of every thought, saying it. No, that isn't going to cut it. It's by allowing God's word to dwell in us richly. By delighting ourselves in the Lord day and night. Or otherwise, it becomes diluted. Anybody here like, you know, a little bit of dilution as in, you know, squash. I remember years ago, they used to say, went to this house and do you want to squash? And yeah, yeah, yeah. They put the skimpiest amount of squash in. It, rather, it was neither orange nor water. Anybody know what I'm t- It was horrible. I wanted to say, don't bother with it next time. I'd prefer just the water, but that would be rude. And that can be like our lives. That we just put a little bit of God's Word and we say it's okay. It's not okay, guys. If we're going to live fruitful lives, if we want to walk into multiplication, then we need to fill ourselves with God's Word. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern in brackets, images, ideas, influences, and thinking. They're my thoughts of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Again, I'm helping you to understand how do we do this? By literally creating space to fill our hearts with God's Word. And what I've realized is this, as we do it, Yes, it challenges us. Yes, it fills us up. But what we do, we have an ability then to wage war against the thoughts that come against us. That is how we're able to not conform to the pattern of this world and how we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And what happens is, as we invite the Holy Spirit into this, there's a defined partnership that happens, Jordan. What happens is my choice with God, delighting myself in God and the life of the Spirit. There's me with my choice, and there's the Holy Spirit in His power, and it enables me to defeat all the thoughts, all the images, all the ideas, all the influences that will try and get hold of all of you all the time. Am I speaking to anybody? We it's all right saying, I mean, read the Joyce Meyer, you know, the battlefield of the mind, great book. But equally, this is in the Bible. I'm not teaching anything outside of this. We've got to capture our thoughts yeah. and make them obedient to Christ. Then it says, this is what it says. Once you've done that and you partner with God, you'll be able to test and approve what, what God's will is. Is good, pleasing and perfect Well, People talk to me about the will of God and they're all confused. They're confused because they're not filling themselves with God's word. They're not full of the life of the spirit. So how can you discern? will of God but as I pour in as I delight myself as I allow God's word to dwell in me richly as I allow the life of the spirit to just overflow from my life in prayer times I was saying to the guys this morning uh, I'm I'm developing I, I keep asking the Lord for new languages new languages if there's heavenly languages, and there's lots of languages around the world, then I, I like a taste of that. Not just one. So I keep saying to the Lord, Lord, give me another language. It's beautiful when it happens. You're in prayer, and then all of a sudden you think, I've never heard that one. Well, I'm just going to go with it. And just begin to just express the life of the Spirit. And particularly in areas where I don't know what to pray for or how to pray. And it's amazing, out of a time like that, when I may not know the will of God, I may not know, I'm able to then test and approve, and now it's good. Pleasing and perfect will. There's no secret to this. There's no no secret science to it. Fill our lives with God. Be full of the Spirit. Be careful what we meditate on. And we'll live this fruitful life. But thirdly, I think for a healthy, fruitful lives, we need to abide in the Abba of Jesus. Now, this is where I want to just share something. I've got a few minutes left. Over the last four months, and I'm not encouraging you to do this. I'm not taking as on a tangent as a church. I've always said to the younger leaders, and Phil would concur with me on this, read widely, read widely. Be careful what you fill your minds, minds with, but read widely across the breadth of the Christian church. And I was introduced to a contemplative by the name of Brennan Manning, who's now in, in eternity, And uh, called The Ragamuffin Gospel. And then we was with my cousin in Nashville in uh, the summer of last year. And uh, he, he works for a Christian music and publishing company. And he said to, to us, the best book that he's ever read was called The Furious Longing of God by Brennan Manning. Thankful for a beautiful diligent wife she clocked it she's always probably struggles to buy me anything for my birthday or Christmas or whatever and she got it me for for my birthday so uh, October this was since October I was saying to Caroline today I've read it like a devotional I've read the Bible of course it's God's word it's not Brennan's thoughts but it's been so helpful it's been so helpful because it's brought me to a greater understanding than I've ever known before about the need to abide in the loving arms of Abba. Now, I use that language intentionally because he uses it intentionally as well. And he does it on purpose because this term of phrase was, of course, introduced by Jesus. Because what happened was philosophers, they talked about the existence of God and they did that via human reason. Now, the prophets of the Old Testament They had a better understanding, but still not a full understanding because they knew the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But Jesus, he knew the Father as Abba. Because when a group of people came to him and said to him, and it was his disciples, show us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. The first word that he used was, father that was revolutionary amongst these this jewish community they had no understanding and of course we hear much about the judgment of god we hear much about you know god as being righteous and just and he's all those things but i also want to let you know and for me it was a great revelation that he wasn't just god he wasn't just, he isn't just lord he isn't just the term for a father, which is more formal. formal. He's my Abba. Because yeah. when we use the word Abba in the modern day language, what it means is daddy. It means papa. Yeah. It means my own dear father. And some of you, that causes you difficulties because of your relationship with your father. But please don't let that be a stumbling block to what I'm talking about in these last few minutes. Because I believe a release can come as you begin to open your hearts and as God illuminates this truth to you. Because in Romans 8, verse 14 and 15, it says this. For those who are led by the Spirit, Paul writes, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Verse 15, the Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, what? (coughs) Abba, Father. We cry, Abba, Father. Now, for me, where does this connect? Well, I think if we're going to enter into a healthy, fruitful life, we need to abide in the Abba of Jesus. And what I mean by this, this means this relationship with God, this relationship with Abba, Father, this relationship with Jesus defines my personal being, my spirit, my body, my mind, It defines my relationships, my marriage, my children, my friendships. Because it affects all those things. When I enter into a greater understanding of who Abba is, it affects all these things. It affects my finances. Why does it affect my finances? Because I'm doing it with Abba. I'm saying, where does our stewardship need to be today, Father? He's asking me to go and do a big thing. I don't need to worry about that big thing because, Father, you've got it. And if you're calling me into it, then I'm just going to simply trust you. It defines every area of our lives and particularly our ministries. Because I believe the more I've entered into this thought of him being my father, the more stress that's released from my life. One of the greatest challenges in this modern day world is stress. I'm talking about genuine stress that people are under. And by the way, it's very much in the church and in the ministry. But as, as I come to abide in him and say to him, Abba, then I know that I can just be with him. And he's happy for me to just be. I hope I'm making myself sense of it. And, and instead, of, instead of the ministry being challenging, we now under, I have an understanding that actually Jesus... Actually, Father, you're doing this with me. We're doing this together. Because we can be tempted to think that we're doing it on our own. Even though we say an SOS prayer, even though we just fill ourselves with a vision text. Even though some of us have got the call of God, we still could be tempted to think it all relies on me. It doesn't. Because we rest in the loving arms of Abba. As I close, John 15, when I think about this, I've preached from this this passage, not recently, but I have done over the years, and I've really enjoyed it. Because John 15 talks about the vine and the gardener and every branch you'll cut off, and Jesus talking. And I used to think of that, I think it's verse 2, where it says, he will cut off. That which doesn't produce fruit, so we'll produce more fruit. And that which doesn't produce fruit will cut it off, yeah? And I thought that was a pivotal verse, and of course it is. But actually, verse 4, over these last three or four months, has been so, so rich to me. And I really hope I'm making making sense of it. Because it says in John 15, verse 4, Jesus saying this, Abide in me, abide in me, and I will abide in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Have you got it? Fruitful. Yeah. As we abide in him, then we will produce much fruit. This is what it says in the message. Live in me. May your home in me just as I do in you. I believe that Jesus and the Father... Tonight is wanting to help every one of us here who's under the sound of my voice to understand the call to not just have a close relationship with God, but he seeks nothing less than union with us. He's not after a close relationship with you. If you've heard that, and I understand the phraseology, he's not after a close relationship with you. He's after union with you. He's wanting to abide in you, which is completely different. He's wanting to be with you. He's wanting you to be with him. He's wanting, like, I, I use the example of, and it's because it's a son and a father. I've tried to be the best dad to all of our kids, but, you know, to the one son that I've got. And I love it at times when Isaac just comes and, you know, he just, sits and just is just he's just happy to be with me and i'm nothing like god the father and i take great delight in him just wanting to come and sit with me i do with all the children how much more our father our abba longs for you to just come and sit with him and not to develop this close relationship with Him like a spiritual growth kind of map and and process. No, for you to enter into union with Him. And as you enter into union with Him, then He says, as you abide in me and I in you, you will bear fruit. You will live a life of fruitfulness like you have never experienced before. Unfortunately, we've categorized Christian growth to step A, step B, step C. It doesn't work like that. It's just happy to be with us. And that's been my revelation over the last few months. Jesus, Abba, is happy to just be with me. He's happy to be with me. And I want to tell you, it's one of the most fruitful things that I'm walking in at the moment and I believe as a church if we will enter into that revelation then we will enter into something that is so fruitful as we abide in the loving arms of Abba let me finish this up with a story and then just a very quick application because time is really gone And if you'll just excuse me to use this example. And please, there are children here, but I think we're okay. It's not too, I'll try and just be careful with the language. Not that it's bad, you'll understand where I'm going with it. It's called The Furious Longing of God. And this is what he says. He says, the writer, I will never forget a retreat experience years ago in the Midwest. It was a rather large gathering, about 7,000 people. And an invitation for healing prayer followed each night's service. I would go into a side room and meet with those who felt compelled to come. And on one particular night, the line extended well beyond midnight. And after a finishing, I went straight to bed, not even taking my clothes off. I was so exhausted. But about three o'clock in the morning, I heard a tap on the door and a squeaky little voice. Brennan. Can I talk to you? I opened the door to find a 78-year-old nun. She began to weep. Sister, what can I do for you? We found two chairs in the hallway and a story began. I've never told anyone this in my entire life. It started when I was five years old. My father would crawl into bed naked and he would begin to do things. When I was nine, he took my virginity. When I was 12, there was all kinds of things that was happening. She says, Brennan, do you have any idea how dirty I feel? I've lived with so much hatred of my father and hatred of myself that I would only go to communion when my absence would be conspicuous. And in the next few minutes, I prayed with her for healing. Then I asked her if she would find a quiet place every morning for the next 30 days. Sit down in a chair, close her eyes, upturn her palms, and pray this one phrase over and over. Now, we're not used to this in Pentecostal churches, but just stay with me. Abba, I belong to you. Abba, I belong to you. It's a prayer of exactly seven syllables, the number that corresponds perfectly to the rhythm of our breathing. As you inhale, Abba. As you exhale, I belong to you. Yeah. Through her tears, she agreed. Yes, Brennan, I will. One of the most moving and poetic follow-up letters I've ever received came from this sister. In which she described the inner healing of her heart, a complete forgiveness of her father, and an inner peace she'd never known In her 78 years, she concluded her letter with these words. A year ago, I would have signed this letter with my real name in religious life, Sister Mary. But from now on, I'm daddy's little girl. Now, before some of you say that sentimental schmuck, be aware this is not sloppy sentimentalism or indulgent, wishful thinking, but rather a woman who dared to pray in the childlike trust and deep reverence that Jesus said would mark a disciple and in doing so discovered the furious love of her Abba. The greatest gift I've ever received in my life in Jesus is the Abba experience. I can only stutter and stammer about the life-changing power of the Abba encounter. I'll say it again. God wants more than a close relationship with you, he seeks nothing less than union with you. So how does that work out? Dead quick application. Next 21 days, can I encourage every one of us who has a heart to hear what I've just shared, who wants to live this fruitful life, can I encourage you to come together with your Father to create the time and the space For the delight of the Father, because he loves to be with you. Secondly, can I encourage you to fill your mind, to fill your heart with God's word every day. To make it a priority, not a chore, remember the verses. But he whose delight, not chore, delight, is in the law of the Lord. Let it become a delight to just get up and just spend some time with Jesus with Abba in the Word. He will speak to you. And thirdly, it may be that you may need to take an inventory of who you sit, stand and walk with. You may need to position yourself to get into a small group. You may even need to put away some destructive relationships. I believe that if we will just take these things to our hearts and hear the way that I've endeavored to communicate then I believe we will be positioning ourselves for a fruitful, multiplying life. I believe that we'll lay a foundation in arena for fruitful, healthy life that will cause us to do nothing more than live with the multiplication factor over our life. I forgot to say at the very beginning, you know, I can give you A to Z of how to multiply. I want to say all that. There's all those books around it. God bless them. I've read some of them. I've enjoyed some of them. But there's an easier way to do it. There's a much simpler way to live. And it comes out of union with Abba. I wonder if we just bow our heads. In fact, I'm going to ask us to stand to our feet.